What's up, everybody, and welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting here from Studio 1A in downtown Arlington and Clarendon, right next to the Pacers running Arlington store. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back for episode number 66. And with me, of course, to my right, as always, is Joanna E. Russo. Joanna, what's up? You know, sometimes you say back again, like Joanna yeah, Russo, yeah. and it's it makes me think that maybe you're like surprised that I'm back again. For sometimes another... I, I do wonder why you continue to do this show with us. Yes. <laughs> well, so, for the snacks. That's that, that's a good reason. That's a good reason. We're still working on some of those snacks that A6 Greg gave us last week. Uh, no courses today that we know of unless we hear another knock on the door but uh still enjoying some of those snacks i'm sipping on a maple water water thanks to asics greg and the good folks at asics also to my left of course it's our other co-host it's william e docs docs what's up lord knows there's no other reason to be on the show with us than, right. than for the snacks that's true that's <laughs> um that makes sense but it also proves uh, as a forum for you to give us Luigi updates. Yeah. Uh, I understand he had a bath today. Oh, he did. He's nice and clean now. It was very traumatizing for him. Wow. And how, about, how traumatizing was it for you? Um, not so much. You were sadistically enjoying it? <laughs> so did you put him in a bathtub at home? Did you take him to one of these rip-off uh, bath, <laughs> uh, dog bathing uh, operations? What'd no, you do? Uh, I, I, he just comes into the tub in our house okay. and gets a bath there. Yeah, that's what I've started doing with London, too. At what point does he know what's happening? He knows right away. He's usually on top of it. Like from the So our house is two levels, and we'll come back from a walk, and we'll be downstairs, and everything. Like I'll, I won't be acting weird at all, mm-hmm. and he'll just know, and he'll just go hide under the couch or like hide somewhere. And I haven't even, I haven't even really thought about giving him a bath yet, but today I tricked him and he had no idea. He followed me upstairs and then I just put him in the bathroom and gave him a bath. Um, He'll never trust me again. Can you tell us how you tricked him or are you afraid that he's listening (laughs) and he'll know? For the next time. Yeah, what kind of devious trick did you use on him? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he follows me everywhere, but when it's bath day, he won't come out from underneath of the couch, even if I try to uh, lure him out with a treat. But today, I didn't have to do that. I literally just walked up the stairs, and he just came with me. But does he have a consistent bath schedule? I can't believe how many questions I have. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, he does have a consistent bath schedule. It's the first Thursday of every month. So then he, maybe he's like he knows the rhythm. I guess. That's a smart dog, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. He is a very intelligent well, dog. Well, you know, they say that dogs take after their owners. That's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we also have another Luigi update, too. Mm. Oh, yeah. He can hear. It's confirmed. It's confirmed, yeah. So today we were at the dog park, and um, right next to the dog park, there's uh, like a regular park, and there were some kids there setting off homemade firecrackers and Louis- homemade home well so here i thought they were just setting off <laughs> wow. firecrackers but then uh, when we walked past they were putting something into like a, a poland spring water bottle uh-huh. and then dropping a match in there so yeah. I, I don't know what they were dropping in there but whatever it was was exploding uh-huh. and luigi was very very afraid okay so definitely he has hearing that's yeah. big news. Big news. Hey, um, and I'd like to apologize. I don't have to learn dog sign language now. That's good. That's huge. What a relief. <laughs> but how's your people sign language going? I should have mentioned it. It's <laughs> going very well. Yeah, well, it's ambitious. Uh, Farley wanted to gamble a lot more than he has. Right. To, so, I, I definitely. You know, that's what happens with New Year's resolutions. I have to apologize to Farley. Uh, I realize that uh, I've already 
taken us off the rails you before have. you even set the table. I'm anxious. <laughs> I know. I, I apologize I, I did, for that. Yeah, so big show to get to today, Docs. Thank you for setting me up for the agenda here. Uh, we are excited to be joined today by Olympic athlete, Wassell runner, and a part of the North Cal Distance Project. It's going to be Kate Grace on the program today. She, of course, won the 800 meters at the Olympic trials uh, last month. So she's going to join us. Excited to talk to her today. Also in today's program, Joanna is going to give her picks for Rio. She was on uh, the Pacers Running blog this past week and gave us some expert picks and analysis. So we're going to get into that as well. Can I make fun of them? (gasps) Absolutely. You can make fun of Tara Landy's picks. Whoa. Gauntlet. Justin Gatlin? Galen Rupp. Okay. All right. We'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get into this. This sounds controversial. Uh, also on today's uh, agenda, we have a former guest is now a former world record holder. We're going to get into that later on. And we'll let you know who that is and what that's all about. And what else he's formerly up to. Yeah, exactly. But first, uh, there's a duck story uh, making the rounds, mm-hmm. and we needed to address it. And by making the rounds, you mean Joanna texted yeah, us. Texted us this duck story. Because that's the only place I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... I, I mean, I, I did see it uh, on her text, and then when I clicked on the New com article, I saw it there, too. So those are well, the two yeah, places. Uh, <laughs> the same I mean, source. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so Clinton, New Jersey. Clinton, New Jersey. Yes, where, of course, Julie Cully is from and mm-hmm. grew up and trained for an Olympic team. Uh, Kate Grace also lived in Clinton, New Jersey for a while, so maybe we can ask her about this duck story as we well. We should. We should. Yeah. Uh, that should be the lead. Uh, scratch wouldn't the that rest be of great your notes out. If the, duck, if the duck ended up in Rio? Well, that... In polluted water? <laughs> well, I do not think that would be great. But th- there is some sort of charity duck race, and there was a huge duck that was lost. Let's let Joanna tell the story. All right. I mean, that was... <laughs> That's the. I mean, that's. The, I, I glanced glanced at the article, mm-hmm. so I didn't really get it. You, you skimmed details. it. You don't have it open right, right, right now. Shocker. Well, uh, in the picture, it looks like the same mill that you guys used to go running by. Yes. Right? Isn't yep. it the same mill that you've been running past? The, so I thought that there was like some sort of a event, like a five k, and they had a duck in the water. So it was the twenty seventh annual Great Rubber Ducky Race, and there is a huge inflatable rubber duck that is missing. Now, this race happens in, like I mentioned, Clinton, New Jersey. And the funny thing is, behind the scenes, Docs, the reason why she brought this to our attention is she thought it was an actual road race. But it's actually the Ducks <laughs> racing. Because you thought people were running? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I That's fine. It, well, I just assume when I hear race, I, I think road race. I it's think... okay. It's, you, you've been wrong. This is the first time you've been wrong on the show. It's okay. Uh... I'm, <laughs> I'm wrong on the show all the time. It's, and I it's have fine. not been wrong yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, about the fireworks, I, I wasn't wrong about yeah. that. Um, so you brought this to our attention. It's a huge uh, inflatable duck that's about six feet tall. Now that the, is huge. The race happens with these little miniature rubber ducks. Mm-hmm. How does put, that even work? They put it. They put it in this river uh-huh. by the by the red mill, mm-hmm. and they all go down the river. And the fastest duck who comes across the finish line that they make yeah. uh, wins. And skip to the story. Missing rubber duck. Nobody cares about the winner of the the duck race. Right, right, right. We haven't talked about that for the previous twenty six. Okay. 
duck races. The only reason why we're talking about this right now is because on the 27th right, race. So, fine. The, the, the giant inflatable rubber duck went missing over the weekend. It was big news because they had police sergeant Corey Kubinek reporting on it. He confirmed that it was missing at 10.30 the following morning after the duck had been put in the water. Yeah, and it didn't sound like the police had any leads, but no. I think I think Docs and I have a strong lead. Yeah. And and Julie's actually the one that tipped us off yeah. to the Should we so give her a reward? Should we give her a reward? <laughs> so are, are you saying that Julie was the one who, who took the took the duck? No, nope. not Julie. No. Oh, me. Not no. you. Who in your house loves ducks? Oh, the dog. Mm-hmm. I can see. London. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I haven't seen a. I mean, our house isn't that big, so I wouldn't miss it either. I haven't seen a six foot duck. Well, I in our house. I have a feeling, having met London, that the the thing would not still be inflated. That's very true. It would. Mm-hmm. It would. Ha- I mean, so you should look for a six foot deflated <laughs> duck. <laughs> That's true. Well, I'll look around the house. I think uh, there was a time she went up to New Jersey in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Maybe she it took coincided it. with yeah, this missing could, story here. It, it it could be. The, the funny thing is on this in this article, they they literally have a uh, have a missing duck poster, and if you've seen it, uh, you need to call the Clinton police or email the Clinton police. Uh-huh. So if you've seen it, our listeners up in New Jersey, let us know. And they have a picture of it. It's um. It's big news up there in Clinton. That's where I got married, up in Clinton, New Jersey. But uh-huh. and, and it trying was trying to make this duck about you again. <laughs> Did anything go missing from your wedding? Uh, I don't know. His freedom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who was at our wedding was Kate Grace. We, we have we can ask her about the ducks. We can ask her about the wedding. Uh, we could ask her about the Olympics too. Maybe we can talk about that as well. If we can get to if it. If we can get to it. Now, very excited. Next on the program, Olympic athlete Kate Grace joins us on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, guys, we are excited to be joined by first-time Olympian, 800-meter runner Kate Grace. Kate, how are you? Hello, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. You you said we, we were just uh, chatting real quick and uh, before we had you on here. You're in Houston. What are you doing in Houston? I am. Um, we had team processing. So that's where we get all of our gear, and we learn all the, I don't know, random Olympic stuff. Uh, that was yesterday. And then I'm actually, opening ceremonies is tomorrow, tomorrow night, but I my race is like pretty late in the program, so mm-hmm. I'm staying in Houston for a week. I, I am here with my teammate, Kim Connolly, and our coach, Drew Wartenberg. Uh, we're, we're in a house. And we're, so we're basically here to like get used to the humidity. Uh, but then we're, we're going to go down next week. So I just had the like most humid, crazy run of my life this morning. <laughs> nice. uh, how far did you go on that run? Uh, 50 minutes. Okay. So wasn't but, too bad. She went longer. Well, you know, but I was, I was, I was sweating for a while. No, you know, <laughs> I mean, you, you, we're, we're here in DC, and of course, we're super used to the humidity. But you were in Clinton, New Jersey, where the humidity was pretty rough there too, right? Yeah, it was. But uh, I think now being in Sacramento, I mean, it's it's been hot in Sac in Sacramento, but it hasn't been humid. So I think I've forgotten. But oh man, I I have some memories of workouts. Um, in Clinton, and then also like we would drive over to New Brunswick, 
and just some really humid workouts. You mentioned a, a number of things uh, from the start here that we want to get into. You know, the opening ceremonies that you're not going to be at. We talked, you know, the, the gear that you got. Uh, so a few things here, but we want to start with you. You got to help. You got to help us settle a debate here. So um, we we were talking about Clinton, New Jersey, which you trained for. How many did you train for uh, a year or so in Clinton? How long were you in Clinton, New Jersey? Uh, I was there for about a year, but I was in New Jersey for like a year and a half, two okay. years. Uh, but yeah, I was in Clinton for like a year. All right. Do you remember the annual rubber ducky race? I, I've i heard about it, but I don't think I was actually ever there. Okay. So Joanna thought it was actually a road race. It's not a road race. <laughs> Why well, you keep throwing her under the bus? Well, she, yeah, did. Seriously. She, thought, she thought it was a road race. Yeah. So, uh, And have you heard of this six-foot tall duck that was uh that was uh abducted from the actual uh from from the actual rubber ducky race i so i didn't re- i heard about it my mom randomly emailed me something it was like part of a news email and the first headline was like clinton duck gets stolen and my mom i don't even think she realized that, that was part of it but yeah yes it's national news i knew it I know. I know. I, I guess that you would know so that that's awesome so so, so thank you for that no uh, Clinton, New Jersey. So um, you you spent uh, and and I did want to get a little bit of your background. You you graduated uh, from Yale. Uh, you were a, a star runner at Yale, and then after that uh, went to Clinton and ran with the New Jersey New York Track Club. So take us through kind of your progression after Yale and then your New Jersey New York Track Club. Yeah, I joined in January twenty twelve in the uh, NJNY New Jersey New York Track Club. Um, I moved to Clinton, moved in with Ashley Higginson, who I think you've had on your show. Yep. Like that was our roommate experience, bonding experience. Um, I drove a U-Haul from Connecticut to New Jersey. And I think I like hit, I was like, it was like the first time ever driving a U-Haul. I drove through New York city and I like hit, hit the side of the Lincoln tunnel or something crazy. I was not (laughs) ready to be driving it. Wow. Um, I love yeah. how you don't have to have a driver's license or like a truck's license. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't need those. a CDL oh my God, license. It's so dangerous! It's crazy. <laughs> uh, it I is. People drive those things. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, anyway. with you. <laughs> so I uh, went to New Jersey. Um, started training under Gags. It was like I mean, it was it's it's an amazing program and it's um, some crazy hard workouts. I also had been coming off a little bit of an injury, so I wasn't in shape, but. Um, I ran pretty well under like for the uh, uh, I ran pretty well and I like PR'd in a few like within a few months but um I also was just kind of really nervous going into 2012 um or and this the whole thing was so new to me so by the time the trials came around I was not um I just like did, didn't run very well So you, you did make the you did make the 2012 trials and what kind of times I did, were you, I did. were you running was it the 15 was it the 800 I actually made it in both. So okay. I, I, I hit, so um, coming out of college, I was, I don't know how, but yeah, so coming out of college, I would, ran like 203 something in the eight and like 420 in the 15. And then I PR'd by a lot. I ran like 201 and 410. That wow. within like five months of running with gags. And I came to him like super out of shape. So that was good. But um, I also, I just kind of, I was a nervous wreck and not necessarily like, I was kind of, overtraining myself a little or just doing stupid stuff on, on the side um 
So by the time the trials came around, I made the trials, but I didn't like. Uh, I, I I didn't. I, I was like finished last. When so I got you didn't there. even get. Um, in, did you get out of the rounds or no? Technically, I got out of the right. fifteen rounds, okay. but. But the 15 rounds were like this year with the women where it was literally like one person who got cut. <laughs> and I think I was actually like really close to the, to, to the cutoff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So technically I was semifinalist in the 15. Um, but I didn't make it out of the rounds in the eight to, I mean, um, Julie, Julie made the team obviously. And that was like a huge, um, exciting moment. And um, I, I went, I went home cause I was just like kind of, like I needed a little bit of decompression time, but um, then I went back to gags. I had gotten the bug. I kind of realized that it actually does take a long time to become like a high level runner. And so went home for a bit and then went back to New Jersey and started training that fall. Um, gags was like the first, I hadn't really done um, like long runs before. I hadn't really done kind of more, more of the, like tempo type type work or um, VO2 max type work. So that was all new and good for me in the fall. Um, and starting the next year, I had kind of a little a mini breakthrough year. I ran really well in my races. Um, I PR'd in the, I ran a 428 mile. I think I ran a 407.15. And I ended up fourth at the trials in the 800. Um, and then shortly after that, I broke two minutes in the 800. So and that was, was fourth like, in the trials. And this was a world team trials in 2013. Yeah, this you... is the world team. Yes. In 2013. So wow. one spot off of the, wow. of the team. Um, I mean, it wasn't like a super close finish. It wasn't like a hundredth of a second, but I mean, I mean, still it was pretty close, but it, but it was also like very good for like, uh, improvement for me over that year. So, so at this um, this point, you must have been pretty psyched and and saying, "All right, I got to do this, and I got to take me all the way to the next Olympics." Uh, you, and then mm-hmm. you you had a great time with Gags, but did, decided to move on and and train in uh, Seattle for a while, and then then off to North North Cal Distance Project, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in Oregon, in Bend, Oregon. Okay, in Bend, Oregon. Oregon. Gotcha. Yeah. What made you um, go to what What made you go to the North North Northern California Distance Project? I. I think I, 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 um, when I was like first getting out, I didn't know much about Drew, Drew's program. Um, now Drew Wartenberg, you're talking of, about who's your, Drew who's Wartenberg, your coach. Yeah. Yep. Who's my coach. Yeah. Um, I knew that he, that, that Kim Connolly had like kind of progressed under him. And because I had watched almost, I knew kind of Kim's story cause I had watched Julie Cully, Julie's story in the, like, in the 5K at 2012, almost because of that, I also knew Kim because Kim had like this huge breakthrough race in that 5K and she made the team in 2012. Um, so I, I kind of knew that, that she had slowly progressed under him. Um, and then um, Lauren Wallace is a Wazelle athlete. And so she she won an indoor title. She won the, the thousand indoors um in 2015, yeah, 2015, she won. She won the the indoor title of a thousand, and it was like a surprise win. And it kind of got her, it got them on my radar again. Um, just realizing that Drew was kind of doing good work in this program, and so I started digging around and asking. And um, his, I mean, it's one of these things where obviously different different programs work for different people, and so his program is very structured. Like we we meet every day, 
case he comes to wait, um, we do a lot of our auxiliary work together, um, which some people, if they want a more flexible training schedule, does mm-hmm. not work for them. But I think I've started to realize that actually for my the type of athlete that I am and my tendency to like overthink things and kind right. of um, almost like undercut myself because I start doing extra that's like doing too much that it actually would work really well for me. So, um, yeah, it was that structure and that coaching setup that, that I really liked. And um, I'm from California and there's like this kind of, I think also realizing that it also, it matters, it matters who you're around. It matters being near, being your family, like being kind of having a community. Um, cause it can't, cause running, is, it takes a long time. It can get lonely. Um, and so that I, I realized that that stuff also has an effect on someone's performance. No, no question. And Drew has, has really done a great job with you and the entire group. So to you, you mm-hmm. up to the Olympic trials, I mean, you've got to be pretty confident. You were on fire this spring and then in, into the summer. Um, what was the breakthrough? Like, how did you, how did you become this athlete who became a favorite? I think if you'd run either the 15 or the 800, you would have been a favorite. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, yeah, it was kind of crazy actually coming in. It was like this momentum I started building. Even I chose the eight, which was like a little bit, I think I've been running a few more 15. So people kept, so people actually were, were, yeah, favoriting me to make the team in the 15, which was crazy which was crazy given the fact that I hadn't run last year. Right. Um, uh, I think I was just like, um, oh, and why people were choosing me? I don't know. I was like running well, I guess, and, right. and winning. And, and why and, and why was I running well and winning? Um, I think a lot of things clicked. Um, it was a little bit, I think I had had a, a period of like an injury in 2015. And I think I was, and I always say that like I, not, not that I was close to, to being finished, but like I definitely had some really dark times. The injuries suck, right? So I definitely had some really dark times in that injury. Um, and this was January to June almost of 2015. I wasn't really running that fast. And so somehow being able, the ability to like find, to like figure out that I still wanted to, to do this and I still believe in myself and like have the self-confidence to, to take steps to like get myself better and, and, um, myself in a new group and in a position to succeed um that just kind of that confidence just grew with me and I, like I, I kind of held on to that little fire that was lit it was like it was like I found my mojo or something or like refound my mojo yeah um and and then I mean then as far as like the nitty-gritty of actual physical work a lot of the training we did in the fall I actually trained it, it was like I, maybe the Olympics team is like a different beast that like gives you a different kind of fire, and I think I just found myself like pushing so hard in in my workouts and in my long runs, and like to a to a different level than I had felt in the past. Like I think in the past I used to think in the past with workouts I used to feel like I had to always feel smooth in my workouts. Like I couldn't get to an edge, I couldn't push myself over the edge because I was nervous. Like what if I don't what if I'll finish or what if I like look bad or something, but you realize, I think something clicked where it's like, I started really wanting to get to the edge and like wanting to push myself past whatever like pain point in my workouts. And for some reason that like I started having like just great efforts. Um, not, I mean, and it, this was more, almost more in fart licks and long runs. So it's mm-hmm. not even like it was necessarily measurable. Um, but I think just know, there, I started to get like a mental strength, like knowing that I had done new things and like 
push myself harder this year. Well, you could definitely um, tell throughout the spring and summer. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. actually, um, th- it's interesting having having you describe that. Um, I'm having trouble myself. <laughs> I should just try to make an Olympic team. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, I didn't realize it's this simple. Well, I don't. I don't know if it's that simple, Docs. It, it would be just she, a big breakthrough in my running. I'll tell you, she made well, it we'll look. See. She made it look easy uh, through the couple of trials through the 800 first round and semifinals. And then take us through that finals of the, the 800 there at the Olympic trials. I mean, you look confident and I don't want to say easy, but pretty easy there too. Um, yeah, I mean, I felt really confident. I think, again, it was part of that thing. It was like I was taking confidence the whole year from from knowing that I had it, – it's almost like pushing your – it's almost like the ability to push yourself to an edge – it's like that's that's what I was practicing all year. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes sometimes if if you don't practice that, then you get then I get to races and then it's like it's and then there's a fear before my race that like oh will I be able to 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 push to my edge or will I be able to really like grit in this race? But that like wasn't a fear this year because because it's like I had practiced that in my workouts. Um, so it's like. Maybe I wasn't always that athlete, but I like shown myself that yes, like I actually can get better at this. Like I, I can become the, that kind of athlete who like really loves the grind and who loves like um, working hard because it means you're getting better. So, so none of my races, it was uh, yeah, I didn't have the fear about whether or not I would try hard. I mean, it, it, that sounds too simple to say, but it's kind of like that. I mean, I, I think sometimes I used to get maybe maybe like scared that it was going to hurt or scared that I wasn't going to go for it or something. And that wasn't the case anymore. You so, could, so going, and you could, t- I mean, you could tell during that that race. I mean, I, and I just, I, I was struck by how confident you look. You basically won wire to wire. The only time that you looked surprised was when you actually won the race, and your reaction was priceless of a little bit of shock, uh, a little bit of, I, I don't know, excitement, but more like disbelief. It seemed like was that the case. Yeah, I mean, I think probably a little bit. Yes, it definitely was the case. I didn't do anything, which I actually, I have been visualizing. I've been visualizing so many different, like, scenarios of making the team. Right. And I've been visualizing some of them, like, winning. But always, if I, did, if I won, it was like, I was crying and so excited and all this <laughs> different stuff. And, like, I did nothing happen. <laughs> like, um, I mean, I actually, I did get excited later when I, like, went and saw my friends and fans and stuff. But, um and like, I did cry, so I'm not totally emotionless, like, <laughs> horrible person. But um, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking, trying to now looking back, I think partly what the, what it was was like, obviously there had been a fall in the race, and I didn't really realize at the time like all that had happened or kind of exactly what had happened. Yeah, we wanted I, to I definitely ask you about what, that. What yeah. did you realize? Yeah, what did you realize there? I mean, I re- I realized that there had been like contact. I, I saw. Um, I saw Brenda like throw her hands in the air and then I don't know if I saw Alicia fall or like I heard her fall. I think I was aware that she had fallen. Um, and, but like it all happened fast. And at that point you're just like going for the, for the finish. So I wasn't necessarily thinking about it when I was actually finishing. Um, but I do think that like after the fact in my vision of that, I mean, basically it would be a different race, obviously, if the fall hadn't happened. And I think, like, I I was most surprised that there wasn't anyone, like, next to me at the Wait, end. Do, do you, so that's now, just, do you think it is a different race if the fall doesn't happen? 
I mean, I, you know, the, the three biased hosts here think you still win in a convincing fashion like you did. But do you think it would have been a different race if the fall hadn't happened? I think it would have, I think we would have gone, I think it would have been a faster finish. I think, well, I don't know. I mean, I think it, the ending would have looked different. I think it would have been closer and possibly like running. We would have, it would have been like pushing, running a little bit faster. Like, like, like uh, it would have had to push a little bit faster to, to make, to have the win, which could have been me. Um, I mean, I, and again, I don't know for sure, um, but obviously I don't know for sure. It definitely would have been more like, I think, three people close to each other at the line. I mean, you still ran, you know, pretty pretty fast, so it wasn't like it was a slow time or anything. So, Oh, no, not at all. If, if anything, <laughs> after the fact, like, yeah, I, I did get a little bit of, like, shade, um, but the but I, I went back and looked. I mean, for me, it was huge. It was a PR, a few like, a few hundredths of second PR and my first PR in like three years. So in order to do that on the day, like that's big for me. And, um, I actually ended up going back and looking, uh, at past finals and like that. And for like the past few years, the, what, like what times make it and that time, um, always makes it basically, um, like for as far back as I could see, as far as I went, so yeah. it's yeah. So I mean, it's not like I, I don't know way do I think it's not. Uh, yeah, I'm and her time, her, just, her time was her her time was one one fifty nine point ten. Aju Wilson was one fifty nine point five one. So about a half a point four seconds behind. Are yeah. you are you saying people were were throwing shade on the time because saying something no. had something to do with the fall? What 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 were people saying? That's crazy. Oh no! I mean, I don't know. Just like just about. Just about the race. And, the and theatrics. The, but, I mean, the theatrics afterwards. I mean that. that oh no no no! I, I just I had a problem with that personally, but not not Kate's. No, Kate. Kate was authentic yeah. and genuine. Yeah. I mean, there was no theatrics there. It was almost like just a, a, a reaction of. But later on, I you know I saw you celebrating with your Wassel friends and all that stuff. But the theatrics of what happened after you was. Personally, for me, Kate, it was like it was a flashback to, and and I mean, I I, I love um, you know love Kim and and her making the team in 2012. But it was a flashback to like, you know, Julie winning the trials in 2012. Then the story being that third place, and I thought it was a little unfair that you win in convincing fashion. Great race, people thought it was an upset, but hey, you had been killing it all year long. And then the theatrics was the story. That was annoying to me. How did you feel? Um, I mean, again, like, I, like, the trials is such a big, is, 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 there's so much hype around it. Like, in no way do I, like, think, I mean, if anything, people, I mean, it, it shows from my reaction. I, I think people almost, like, don't know what their reaction is going to be, right? And so I don't fault anyone for having, sure. like, uh, intense, intense reactions to it. Uh because and I think partly also like I I wasn't it wasn't like I I was doing great things that 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 would have made for um, necessarily like fun camera time after right. I was just kind of standing I was just kind of standing there you didn't so, have like a you, you didn't have like a Matthew Sensowitz like 
he, he like <laughs> f- figures out a celebration beforehand, and he probably practices at home in the mirror. <laughs> I mean, Matthew's been on the show before, so we can give him a hard time. Yeah. But no, I know it was yours was was authentic. And I mean, no, but and, and really, like I, I mean, I look up to especially, um, I mean, Alicia, Brenda, and Molly. I like look up to them so much. Um, like, especially for me, kind of coming not necessarily being at the top of the list of names in the 800. Um, like they've been, yeah, to me, they're incredible competitors. And it, it I mean, even it is heartbreaking to see people like to, to see that be the way that someone that doesn't make the team. I mean, again, like obviously you never know what, what happens, not with the fall, but like it's, it's horrible to not, to not know. No especially question. If, if you're the one that's on. We can so. all, we can all agree on that. But that said, like, there were a lot of fun things. I mean, I, I ended up staying in Eugene, and I was in Eugene, and I actually had planned to leave on the 7th because I planned to, like, start my training. Because the whole thing is I convinced Drew, I was like, okay, if I run the 800, um, I'm going to be done. I'm not going to run the 15. And I'll... Wait, that was the whole reason you did the 800? Because you wanted to be done and hit the parties, <laughs> and hit the parties afterwards? I mean... <laughs> No, that would have been. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'd be a swimmer at the Olympics. Right, swimming team—they're lucky they get <laughs> yeah. to go first. And yeah. yeah. So anyway, sorry. I know, right. And yeah. Just have fun. I know. Um, no, but 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 his thing was like, if I choose the eight, then I need to be. Then it's like you're choosing the eight, and you're not going to just run the fifteen for kicks. Love like it. If because it, because it, it's not necessarily good preparation. Um, Anyway, but I didn't end up leaving, so I actually did get the party sent. Um, <laughs> so that was my secret plan all along. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the I didn't end up leaving because partly because it was like the, the two days after were so crazy that I actually I wanted time to just chill and hang with my family and like, enjoy it and watch Kim um, and like watch other people uh, in the 15 and the 5K because it is a special experience and so it's fun. It's fun being there, cheering people on. Um, so, Kate, your family was there in Eugene, right? Yes. Are they going to go to Rio? They are. Wow, that um, is that that is awesome. Who in your family? My dad, my sister, and my mom. Nice. And they're kind of a funny, crazy bunch. My dad, my parents are divorced, but they like, but they are friends, and they're just but they're just like this funny, like odd couple. That's awesome. Um, and then my sister is dealing with them and my dad lives in Asia right now. <laughs> so I guess his, his big thing is, I guess, I guess in, uh, he lives in, um, Vietnam, I guess in Vietnam, like you don't stop for traffic. I guess there's, t- there's always tons of people like on the little mopeds. And so I guess the, like the way to cross the street is you just start walking at, at like an even pace. You don't stop and you don't, and, wow. you don't speed up. And, and, and people like go around you. So I guess when he was in Eugene, because he flew over, for, flew over, and he like kept just walking into traffic, and he would just be like Asian style, and, just, <laughs> <laughs> and, my, and my mom is just like, no, stop. That's, uh, that's but, great. Anyway. So you just finished processing. Um, what happens at team processing? Yeah. I need more details. Like you, so you got a lot of gear. It sounds like you have classes about social to, media. Yeah, social media. Chris yeah. Farley's not teaching them. It's really confusing. <laughs> What's yes. going on? <laughs> 
I heard most of it. I just didn't hear the last joke about the social media. Well, Chris Farley that. teaches a social media. I have class. real rules on social media. This is so stupid. This is such an inside <laughs> thing. Of the, of, I, I'm really militant about the way you should present yourself on social media. Anyways, it's a total and how insult. you should use it. How you should, anyways, yeah. but yeah, all right. Really? But, oh yeah, my god! I am. I, I should teach the class. I, I am. I, mm. And I hate people. Mm. Here's here's the thing about social media. <laughs> if you have an egg as an avatar, you should just. Jump delete off your a, account. Yeah, jump off a cliff. No, also, delete your account. Delete your don't account. be extreme. <laughs> yeah, no. It, and also, if you don't follow people, it really annoys me because <laughs> you think your voice is the only one that matters, and it should be an interactive tool. So those are my couple of my things. Kate, I'm sure those came up in your class, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. No, but but I'm sorry. Yeah, the Chris Farley social media class. <laughs> yes, it, it should. Yes, it it should. All right, but back to Joanna's question of what goes on at processing. Yeah. Okay. Well, the first two hours is um, the boring part. You basically, well, not or the cool part. I don't know. But they they give you a little. It's like the teen ambassador program. So they give you a little like lowdown on Rio on like quick phrases. Although I've forgotten all the phrases besides bomb dia. <laughs> um, and you kind of learn a little bit about the village. Um, there, there is like social media class, basically just realizing that there is a lot of, um, like there's just a lot more exposure when you're there. Wait, wait, um, wait, Kate, who's your roommate in Rio? I, I don't know. I think it's going to be Kim. Oh, nice. Um, Kim Conley, my teammate, but I'm not like a hundred percent, but I, I hope so. So also, did they, they assign a roommate or you get to choose? Uh, they ask for suggestions. Okay. And then if you both, so if you both ask for each other, like. So you're hoping that, that Kim would... said Kate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be awkward. Actually, it'd be yeah. so awkward. Like, <laughs> what if you, so if you just said someone and they didn't say you back or yeah. like you force yourself on someone. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, but then I guess you also have, there's also a suite. So you have a roommate, but then you're one of eight in a suite. So what I actually don't know is if, is the suite like all track or is it other people? I guess probably track. Yeah, it when know. when Julie's was all track, and so I would okay. I would assume it's it's all track. Okay, so I hope to meet other people. Um, yeah, so the the first two hours is like logistics, and you kind of get um a, a talking to from past Olympians. We had Matt Bont- Biondi, who's a swimmer yeah. and some softball player. Okay. Um, my uh, my boyfriend went to Cal, and so he was all like excited about Mapiondi. But then the, but actually, like the one thing about the, the well, it was all fine. But I mean, it was great. It was really inspirational. But they they kept talking. I guess especially probably swimmers. They're all um, like it's a much younger sport uh, and softball. So they kept making references to like how what they were they were the old ones when they were twenty. 20- or 27 and I'm like oh I mean yeah I mean yeah I you don't think about like high schoolers make the team when you're in the gymnastics team or the yeah. swimming team so yeah the track people are old junior high kids yeah, for the gymnastics yeah, exactly yeah, sure. the track people are much older than like yeah the, the, the gymnasts and I guess there were some gymnasts there and they were all talking about like starting college next year what majors they're going to go into <laughs> so uh, just kind of funny um Anyway, so then we go, we, then it's like the fun part and you go and you, and you get all your clothes. Uh, they have these like fancy, this is all in the convention center in Houston. So it's like this huge maze of, um, 
with like tons of different rooms in this convention center. And so there's like, there's one room that Paul Ralph Lauren has like outfitted into this fancy like fitting room and you go get fitted for all your outfits and then you get, and, and then you go basically get other goodies all day long. Um, wow. like a watch and different fun things. Yes. Like the rest of the day is mostly fun. And then there's one portion, um, like a Zika prep portion and we got our blood drawn because it just, just to make sure. So, so basically you can be absolutely sure when you come back that you didn't contract hmm. the virus. How many duffel bags of clothes from Ralph Lauren and Nike did you get? Oh God, I have, I, I had four total by the end of the day. And these are like big duffel I, bags. Oh these God. are big rolling duffel bags. Like the, the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you... There are four total by the end of the day, but I shipped back. They also provide shipping, which was actually the best part. So I shipped back two. So wow. I now have two. Back home. You shipped them home, and then you're going to take the other two down can't, to You to can't Brazil? even bring all of them to the Olympics. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's fair. Yeah. There's no need for you to have like your opening ceremony stuff since you skipped the opening ceremonies in order to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all for the podcast yes yeah. actually that's the that, that's the one thing that i wasn't sure about the because they they tailor it right there so so when you're they fit you and then there's like these cool tailors and of course the tailor had like an english accent or south <laughs> maybe south african south accent african. i don't know she was like mm-hmm. yeah very chic um and then she so she tailored us and then they was tinning us and then it was all taken out to be be sewed so I don't know where it went. I think they just took it straight there. Wow. Um, I don't know. That's a lot of pampering. That's awesome. Kate, did they did yeah. they talk to you about theft in the Olympic Village or anything like that? About sex in the Olympic Village? Theft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sex or theft. theft. I mean, you can talk about either. I yeah. asked about stealing stuff. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Theft. <laughs> uh, no, they have not. Is, is that a problem right now? Well, I, I mean, I think the media has hyped up a lot of this stuff, and it's it's interesting they mentioned Zika, but they didn't really raise your antennas on too much other stuff, or did they? No, they didn't. They they did not mention theft. Um, I mean, I I actually haven't been watching a ton of media coverage on it just because I do. Yeah, I think the media does hype. It always hypes it a little bit. Obviously, I'm sure there are things that also are, there's always bumps starting out. But um, I just don't, I don't always trust the media. Obviously, like, they want to sensationalize the story. Um, So I think the U.S. athletes are in just in one area. So I would maybe think that the U.S. athletes or whatever, whatever apartment complex they're in, maybe more security. I have no idea. Um, I, I mean, I love it. I, I don't think that, I mean, you're there to do a job. You're there to represent your country and your family and yourself. So I, I agree. You don't need to watch all this. Media does sensationalize, in my opinion, in my opinion. But Yeah. I mean, basically what came out of the day is like they're on top of it and I trust them to, yep. to take care of us because, because they also, I mean, it's cool. Like they want, obviously – they want people to, to perform well. Like a lot of it is about how to, how to perform at your best. I mean, that was also like the, in the two hour thing in the beginning, it's like how to perform at your best, even under kind of different circumstances. So they're all about trying to make things smooth for the athletes. Did they, um, did they give you any advice on, did they give you any advice on your, you, you mentioned your family's going, your parents and your sister, any advice on managing your family or your parents? Because I'm sure they're going to be a wreck over there and it's got to be tough <laughs> for you guys as athletes. You're used to, you know, a, a routine and 
you know, they're going to be over there kind of out of their comfort zone where you're going to be in the Olympic Village more in your Crossing zone. the street Asian <laughs> style. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yes, they have. I think the, one of the big things they've learned from past Olympics is basically people say, basically not only that, people say that, that it's hard or that dealing with family members can add extra stress. So they have this, they have a whole like section of USOC and US and the track and field USA, USA track and field that uh, like basically fam, friends and family representatives so that you can give those numbers and then you can give those those websites to your friends and family so there are people for them to talk to to kind of ask all the questions. Um, so their big thing was that was basically like give them our number and we can talk to them um, and. They, they ask you to assign one point person for your friends and family. And then that point person gets any information from you USATF, and they also get any, any, any info from me so that then, like, I don't have to be dealing with tons of different people. Um, They're teaching you how to have an entourage. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So fancy. No, I mean, I – if anything, I feel like maybe just people that I know that are going to be there have been pretty good about – like understanding that I'm going to be off limits. It helps in a way that Rio is so spread out. I don't know if London was like this, Chris, but like Rio is, everything is so spread out that I'm going to be like 15 minutes away from my, from where my family's staying. Wow. So it's not, so I think it's, it's good because it takes away any idea that, that is we're good. all going to be like, that, that, that was, I mean, that was, di- that was different than London. London was a lot more accessible with uh, the transportation. Okay. Uh, but I think, I do think that that is good because, oh, by the way, you do have to run a 800-meter race and rounds of the 800-meter yeah. race, and we did want to ask you about that. Um, when is your race, and what do you expect? Uh, what, do you, what are your expectations for the Olympic Games? Race, first race on the 17th. Um, uh, expecting, it's kind of, it's interesting. It, it's basically the kind of with Rio, it's like longer bus travel. It's like, a, I think again, 45 to an hour of travel to the stadium. There's going to be longer security. So the whole thing is going to be like another level, even above the trials of just like stuff to go through before you actually can warm up. Logistics, um, everything. Yep. Yeah. TV. So I think I'm just trying to like, I'm basically right now mentally prepping to just go with the flow before. Um, but, and then it, I'm trying to look at, to think about the races in the same way I thought about the trials. Like, basically execute my race, be confident in my in my training, um, know that I have strength so that I can like fully focus on the first race and then still come back the next day in the next round and like pull out a great performance. Um, and yeah, I mean, right now it's basically it's one one round at a time. Yep. And, I... uh, and, and and for me, being able to PR or run like run a run an awesome race in that semifinal would be like that would be huge and to make it into the final. Are you are you going down there pure business or do you have any um, like events that you're looking forward to or parties that you're looking forward to or, or people you want to meet or people I want to see? Um, I I'm like kind of business mode. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of I'm kind of going down pretty pure business and then the thing is it's like it is the final few days of the olympics so what kind of sucks is that in an ideal world right like you continue 
you do all your races, but then there's only two days until the end. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, who have I, I've been told, everyone tells me different people that I should meet, although I just heard that the basketball team is on a cruise ship, so yes, I guess I can't meet the basketball true. team. <laughs> can you name one person, can you name one person, I'm putting you on the spot here, name one person who's on the USA men's basketball team. Oh. <laughs> I know, it's tough. I know. She is all well, business. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin Durant is playing. I don't think Kobe Bryant's playing this year. Uh, we don't have to yeah, list well, basketball Joanna players. wouldn't be able to mention it. Or, That's no, I had Kevin Durant on okay. the tip of my right, tongue. Right. I wasn't sure, but I had okay, it. So, but it is. But who, who do you want to meet if, if it's not a basketball player? Who, who, who do you want to meet? It would be fun to meet swimmers. It would be fun to meet the U.S. women's soccer team. Um, it would be fun. And then it also... I, I don't know. It would be cool to meet like other people from other countries, but I guess you can't really talk that much to them. <laughs> right. uh, um, yeah, I think swimming so, so is a soccer, just because I played soccer growing up, and swimming is like always the big thing. Also, gymnasts. Um, it just it, it'd be funny with gymnasts because they are like so much younger, you know. But it it would be. For me, it'll be cool just to, like, see the gymnasts and see what they look like. You're going to have to, like, lean down to be able to see them because they're so they small. You're 5'8", right? Like, you're just going to tower over them. Yeah. I did hear some – I did hear was there some, like, picture on social media about – of with Kevin Durant and uh, yes. Biles, someone Biles. Yeah. Or someone. It was uh, – um... A short meeting. Yes, that's right. It was Kevin Durant. I can't. But yes, there was that picture. I, me being the social media rules uh, person, I should. You know should that. know this. Yeah, but yeah. yes, that was a good pick. Way to turn the tables in the interview. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you ever believe? Uh, and we're gonna we're, we're with Kate Grace. We're gonna wrap it up here soon. Did you ever believe you were gonna be an Olympic athlete? Do you like pinch yourself? Are you still in shock? I am still in shock, yeah. I mean, it was. I was getting kind of busy uh, at processing yesterday when they were talking about it, when, like, when the, uh, like, Olympic athletes from previous years were, were giving us their talks. It was like, oh, this is, I'm actually doing this. It's crazy. Um, and, I mean, over the last few years, like, my belief has grown or whatever, but it, it's still, the fact that it's all happening right now is... Uh, is crazy and pretty cool. Yeah, what was your f- best time? I mean, what was your best place at Yale? Well, you weren't a national champion at Yale, right? No, no, no. Um, I mean, I like I always did well within our league, right? So I had multiple league titles and like was known within that. But then when I went to nationals, I would go. To, I was always like, I would make it to nationals, which was a big deal for our school. But I would, and then I would final, and then I would like, uh, I, I got fifth in the NCAA final my senior year. And that was my highest place. So is this your first that, first national title? I mean, obviously the biggest win in your life, but first yeah. national title. First national title. Actually, NCAA first or anything. Podiumed. First national podium. Wow. Uh, NCAA or anything. Yeah. That's incredible. So, that was, yeah. You picked a good spot to do it. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. <laughs> you inspired many. It was awesome. Just a couple. I'm going to get you out with a couple of quick last uh, questions here. What's the? Mm-hmm. You've seen your 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 apparel. What's your favorite Ralph Lauren piece that you got? Ooh, uh, I'm looking forward to the blazer. I like the fact that I would fit nice. in the blazer. Right? Okay, so that would be cool. All right. And there's like, yeah. And what else? The the striped. The striped top. There's like a red and white and blue striped top. It's nice. Cute. Well, you'll have to. I think the social media rules would allow you to send pictures out 
uh, of that for sure. Um, and then finally, <laughs> finally, finally, for me, what's the favorite wedding that you've been to of all time? Oh, please! <laughs> Obviously, the Farley Cole. Yeah, I mean, it was just no contest. Uh, we, 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 uh, we had. I had there was a picture of of Kate with a couple of my buddies just standing there. And after you won the uh, Olympic trials, I, I was sure to send that around to the group. <laughs> so thank you for that. So somehow we got a picture of you and uh, I sent around to my group. So that really made my, my night a lot better. So yeah. thank you for winning and thank you for being yeah. in that picture. If you think your night was great, yeah. Kate, yeah. Uh, exactly. Farley's night was great because he had that picture. Look at me. And it was just her just standing with next to... Uh, Actually, it's a kind of, given kind of the uh, questionable look like, at, at what Farley's what, friends. What am I doing at this place? No. Well, no, it actually like it, it was like the most dancing I've seen at a wedding, which was awesome. If thank anything, you. like it's it was it, it's in my list of of like what, if one day I have a wedding to think thank about. Thank you. Like, so right. you guys had the awesome dancing. Well, that was all Julie's doing for sure. Well, I would say that okay. you'd have to invite all of Chris's friends to your wedding <laughs> if you want to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's not a bad idea either. Not that we're bad. All right. Well, that's Kate Grace. She's with the North Cal Distance Project. She's a Wassell runner. She's a newly minted Olympian at 800 meters, and she's headed to Rio. Her first race is the 17th. The 18th will be the next race, and then we're hoping you make it into the finals, Kate. Thank you so much, you all. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's been fun. It's been great. Thanks, great, Kate. To, great to have you. Thanks, Kate. There she goes. That's Kate Grace, Olympian. This is Pace Nation. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks again to Olympian Kate Grace for joining us here on Pace the Nation. Her Twitter handle is at FastKate, and it's F-A-S-T-K and the number eight. So, Oh, it's like a vanity license plate. <laughs> exactly. Do you think that's what a car says? Can you have an at symbol? For, uh, well, for, not the uh, at part, but uh, just the fast Kate. Uh, you know what? She's a little understated, so I don't mm-hmm. think she would do that. Mm-hmm. Personally, we should have asked her. But do follow her. She's a good follow. Uh, Joanna follows her now that she's back on Twitter. No, it's on no, Instagram. Instagram, yeah. yeah. You follow, and you follow on, in- on Instagram. I do follow her on Instagram, but her Instagram is fast Kate, just regular Kate, just K-A-T-E. Okay, yes. mm. okay so... A little confusing there, but you can follow on yeah. both social media. Just follow platforms. all the fast Kates. <laughs> yeah, look for a fast Kate and follow her. Uh, yeah, so she was uh, awesome, uh, very candid. I enjoyed that, um, and she's going to do awesome in Rio. It's too bad the advice you gave her about uh, what she can and can't say is going to get her kicked off the Olympic team. <laughs> Not true. Listen, it's all Julie. Julie is telling me what she can or can't say. <laughs> so you're not responsible. No, not responsible. <laughs> Julie's been through it. She knows. Uh, so we will edit out anything that wasn't. I mean, there's nothing that was. Uh, she didn't was, say anything no. bad. I'm just kidding. Uh, so, Joanna, uh, speaking of the Olympics, you gave us some picks on the Run Pacers blog. Yeah, people have to read the blog. All right, so go mm-hmm. to the blog. It's at Run Pacers backslash blog. Joanna was one of our three panel experts who gave picks for Rio. Yeah, but I, I read the blog. Did you really make picks or did you just talk about people who are going to be there? Um, well, it was an open forum. So we yeah. could kind of, because it's hard to choose. Like I couldn't choose. Uh-huh. I just couldn't choose. So well, you right. didn't choose Kate. Uh, I didn't talk about the 800. I focused uh, on just okay, three true. events. I just That's focused true. on three events. That's good. Yeah. yeah, good good point. Good save. Because <laughs> um, it would it would have been 
like a five-page blog post if I went no through every event. And, and, and to, or, if, or if Joanna had said what she wanted to say about the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no, in your defense, I mean, Kate herself would admit she wasn't a... You, you're pretty much talking about people who have, you know, a, a very good chance to medal at the Olympics. But what, what were you, I, read your, I read your blog. What, what, what were you... What, what was your actual predictions here? Like, not... Don't, don't spoil it, but I'm saying, like, you're, you're predicting medals or... Yeah, I'm predicting medals. Okay, yeah. so everything that you... Because you don't come out and say that. Yeah. I think it's... <laughs> I think it's understood. It's implied. Yeah, yeah, well, and I think it's a lot of... I mean, I know that my opinion really matters to the athletes, but I also uh-huh. think it's a lot of pressure for them. I, I want to see all of them. <laughs> I think, agree. You think somebody's crumbling now. They're like, oh, my God, Joanna. Joanna's <laughs> counting on me. Joanna's Joanna of Pace the, the Nation. Pacers, on the Pacers blog. Oh, no. Well, she's already talked. We've already <laughs> talked to uh, Jenny Simpson and Matthew Sensowitz. I mean, those are two of her picks. Uh, no spoilers. She oh, wants okay. people to read all it. Right. Yeah, so I mean, to, they yeah. can they can know what my picks were. But well, I, I just think that... I want all of the people that I chose to run well, and I chose them specifically because they're my favorite racers, and I think mm-hmm. that they're exciting to watch. So I don't want people to watch track just to like see gold medals. You should mm-hmm. watch it because it can be very interesting. Joga Benito. What's that mean? It's Portuguese for the beautiful game. Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. And those uh, Olympics do start. I think they already have started. I think there's been some soccer games. Yeah, there's been, been played. some soccer, yeah. So the uh, opening ceremonies are tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And the whole time continuum mm-hmm. thing, they have yeah. already happened. Yeah, last Friday. Last, last Friday. So, uh-huh. uh, What do you think the opening ceremonies are going to be like? Oh, man, that's a good question. I, I, I think that uh, Beijing set the standard with all the like drummers that look like they were uh, – they literally look like they were going to take over the world. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and they probably will. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, but wait, Beijing probably set the standard. a step below that, I would Beijing, say. Beijing – was uh, eight years ago. Yeah. So you think London didn't meet meet the Beijing Not standard? Uh, I was I more intimidated by Beijing than London. I think that you'll be even less intimidated by Brazil. Okay. Is my prediction. Okay. I, I agree. The way the media is portraying it, they're basically just going to like throw a flag in the air and be like, yeah. "It starts." Yeah. Go. Who's the most famous athlete from, from Brazil ever? Yeah. Pele. Pele. Okay. So yeah. Pe- Pele will be a big part of it. I'm sure. It'll probably be there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll look forward to that tomorrow night. Uh, Kate Grace will not be there. And I think that was an interesting um, choice in her part. But, I mean, I I like that she is all business. Yeah. You know, because going to the Olympics opening ceremonies, I mean, that's an experience. And, you know, you would think that uh, a first-time Olympian would want to do it. But, you know, it's important to go out and, and try to run as fast as you can. And that's what she seems to be uh, all about. Well, and it's a lot of time in a new environment. You have to make a new training. It's just she, I could see why she wouldn't go to the opening ceremonies and she had to be on the podcast. So that's yeah, true. I, I think a lot of people would have made the same choice as her, uh, including some of the soccer players who had a game yesterday. <laughs> that's true. Uh, they probably would have skipped the game to be on the podcast. Um, it is a shame. I, I, I do feel bad for her and I feel bad for other track and field athletes or, or people that compete on the last day because there's a lot of fun things to do down there. I do regret not telling her to go to the Procter & Gamble house Yeah, because that was in London. That was sweet. Yep. Doc's um, in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously do we have we to say that on that. every show? Yeah. We want to make sure that <laughs> people know that we might not be the fastest of runners, but mm-hmm. we still get to go to the Olympics. We know how to ride coattails. We do. And the yeah. Procter & Gamble house was awesome. Well, and I think that's a, a good when she's talking about that's a good safe place for the Team USA and their families. Uh, 
And, you know, there's other parties and stuff like that. Like, it, I think the the rage in London was the Beats party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was kind of curious what, what other things she had. But she can't really look forward to that stuff until after she's done racing. Unfortunately, she's done racing two days before the closing yeah. ceremonies. But she will have a great time, I'm that, sure. Well, regardless. I tell you what, Kate. Uh, it's unfortunate that happened, but you're invited to the next Pace the Nation happy hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, we mentioned earlier on the show that a former guest is now a former world record holder. Mm-hmm. So our buddy, Lewis Kent, who I thought had one of the most impressive athletic performances I've ever seen mm-hmm. doing two beer miles at the Pacers running uh, great American nautical beer mile. Uh-huh. His record has been overtaken by a fellow Canadian mm-hmm. fellow Canuck. He was the world record holder for about, uh, I want to say eight months. So his world record was smashed by Corey Belmore, who ran 4.34. And he ran like 4.36, and then like four days later ran 4.34. Unbelievable. Did you did you watch it? I mean, I think it was on Flow Track. Uh, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine anybody running faster than Lewis Kent. So 4.34. I guess this guy is a faster runner than Lewis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where he made up those thirteen seconds. We definitely have done a deep dive into the two different approaches. <laughs> yeah, uh, from our our women's elite race, right? Uh, it, for those that remember, um, and Lewis definitely is world class chugger. He'd be part of the Argonauts. Yeah, he, running he club. might be in in the Argonauts. Yeah, but but it's it is interesting that. The Canadians are dominating this event. <laughs> they're true. like they're like Kenyan steeplechasers. I know it's true. it's true. I mean, is it the early drinking age? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and probably I, I don't know if it, did they did they set the record on a real track? Now, that's a great question, Docs. It looks like from the video, it is on a real track. I think that has something to do with it that, too. Definitely. Yeah, so. I think that helps. Much yeah. easier than running a figure eight in a parking lot. Yeah, that's what. Well, that's what when when Lewis set the record, he was running a, a different sort of configuration in in but Austin. It was in a parking, but it parking was, lot. It was in a parking lot. So. So is Lewis Ken going to answer this? World I don't know. Record? We'll have to we'll have to try to track him down and mm-hmm. see if he has a comment. Uh, so we can we can try to follow the story as it develops. I know he was back to Canada and doing some pretty heavy training. Mm-hmm. So hopefully really he cashed in good for him. Yeah, I, I was good. it was good for him. He was the pioneer in my opinion uh-huh. of the sub 450 mile and this guy raised so the bar. It, so like Lewis Kent is like Roger Bannister of <laughs> right. of the uh, beer mile and once he broke that barrier now it's just going to people are going to keep lowering it. They they once thought 450 was impossible. Yeah, it could be could be true. I just don't know how much faster you can get because that's what they said about the four well, I mean, the, true. the faster guys if the much fat if you're getting much faster you're going to be so focused on your running that you're not going to mess around with beer miles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i just don't know how much faster you're going to get than 434 but i'm rooting for our former guest lewis kent well there was a former olympian or a current olympian caliber miler who couldn't do it that's true that's true nick, uh, simmons. nick simmons went out and i think he Barely broke six minutes. Yeah. If, if he did, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. Four thirty four is incredibly fast. Um, but it, but hopefully Lewis Kent, you know, can can get out and do some training this summer and get get uh, get close to that or better that time. 
This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area D.C. locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Also, we have a store in Princeton, New Jersey, which is about 45 minutes away from Clinton, New Jersey, uh, where that duck is, I think, still missing. Mm-hmm. How great still was, at large. How, how great was it that Kate knew about that story? New Jersey is just, that's where everything happens. <laughs> Everyone so. likes to know everything that happens in New Jersey. Yeah, that was one of the highlights of the the interview for me. All downhill from there. <laughs> All right, Joanna, it's 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 a long show, so we only have time for three uh, of your public transportation stories this week. Three? I don't think I have three. I definitely have one. Okay. So I shared an Uber pool with this girl who was on her phone making multiple phone calls. She didn't mm-hmm. make just one phone call. She made multiple phone calls, and none of mm-hmm. them were important. She was discussing waffles. Uh-huh. How to ma- how to make waffles. How to make them? Yeah. That's, I, on the other end of the phone, that might have been really important. <laughs> well, no. They were just talking, because they're having a baby shower at some point, so they mm-hmm. were talking about making waffles for this baby oh, so shower. So it's not a waffle emergency. It's not a waffle emergency. It was okay. happening in, in the future. Yeah. Okay. So she was talking about waffles. And then I think the Uber driver was getting upset that she was talking on the phone, so then uh-huh. he turned up the radio. Uh-huh. And and uh, you didn't like that one bit. Well, I didn't mind. I just thought it was funny because I feel like it was his passive-aggressive way of saying, like, get mm-hmm. off your phone. Right. And she didn't. She talked the entire way. All right. So Farley will tell us what to do on social media. Joanna's going to tell us what to do <laughs> on in an Uber pool. Uber pools. What, what yeah. should she do? Should, should she converse? Should the three of you converse? Just the passengers converse? How does it work? I mean, I like to take Ubers and I don't really like to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes if the driver's like really nice and they're like, I'll talk to them, but I don't mm-hmm. typically take an Uber because I'm looking for conversation. But well, I, you need to go from point A to point B, but yeah. it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the, the, the journey. Yeah. Well, for me, enjoyment is silence. <laughs> here's here's what you do here. Put your earphones in and act like you just got a call and say, oh, hello. And then, sorry, I got to take this. Yeah, but then, then she's got to fake a conversation. Yeah, and that's Well, you weird. could just say, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could just be honest. <laughs> or you could just be honest. But I would say that in an Uber pool, I th- I think you can't have a conversation on a phone in an Uber pool. Like, you're in a car with at least two other people, and it is just rude to be on the phone with them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I like to talk. I, I, Farley gave me a ride yesterday somewhere, and I talked on the phone the whole time and put it on speaker. <laughs> well, this was his work call. That was kind of entertaining <laughs> to listen to his his work call. I did enjoy that, but I don't know if that's appropriate for an Uber pool. Though. Yeah, I didn't get in an Uber pool to hear somebody talk about waffles. Right. I know. You didn't chime in with the waffles? No, I could have. They they were, and like what kind of fruit they were going to have at this baby uh-huh. shower. It was very involved in how they're going to transport everything there. Uh-huh. It was a very involved conversation. Well, weird fact, loyal listener Brian Knight is a big waffle fan, and, mm-hmm. he, and he takes pictures of waffles all the time. Um, so I, <laughs> Maybe she was on the phone with Brian. Maybe. Um, also, uh, speaking of listeners, want to thank at Daddy for sending us a sass. We're it's not gonna, very long. Long letter and a sass. Uh, so we're not going to get to that letter uh, on the main program. We'll get, that, uh, get to that on the uh, tweets portion of the program, which, of course, comes out. Later in the week, when Docs gets around to editing. All right. Thanks to Kate Grace, Olympian Kate Grace. You can follow her on Twitter at FastKate. That's Kate with a K8. And you can follow her on Instagram at FastKate. Kate with a K-A-T-E. That's a K. Also eight. Yeah, exactly. But the eating kind. That's right. So thanks to her for joining us. 
fitting it in her schedule. Docs is leaving on vacation, so we had to squeeze her in today, and she accommodates. So thank you uh, to Kate. Also want to thank Kelly Grant for uh, helping us, of course, with all the, the tweets and the work behind the scenes. I want to thank, of course, our loyal listeners. Appreciate you guys interacting with us on the program, on Twitter, etc., etc. You can always tweet us at Pace the Nation. Joanna will read your tweets out on our next segment. All right. I'm Chris Farley for William E. Docs and Joanna E. Russo. This is Pace the Nation. We'll see you next week. I could put my hand out in somebody's face yeah, and, and just yeah. basically say, shut up. And it's not rude because it's like, oh, no, we'll just talk about yeah. that later on the show. Save it. It's so good. Yeah. Save that story. Oh, don't so talk good. anymore. Save yeah. that. Because we want to talk about it on the show and have natural responses. It's great. Like this, this podcast has made me ruder or has like, has like uh, helped my rudeness. Yeah. It's Actually, with your social. Yeah. When I hang out with Farley, I will tell him like. Oh, no, no, don't talk don't about talk. that. Don't talk about that. Oh, I know. That is very true. So we just don't talk. We don't talk. We hung out last night. We didn't talk. We didn't talk about anything. Anything. So I know we're only like three minutes into the show, but what do you guys think so far? <laughs> I think it, Chris and I keep having a longer and longer opening, so we're just like holding off you coming into the show. I know. You guys... He yeah. Said, he was giving me the wrap it up. <laughs> well, because I'm not allowed to talk until you say my I'll name. I I think one time I made a noise before. Are those like vampire rules? Mm-hmm. I don't know what vampire rules are, but yes. Like a vampire can't come in your house unless you right. invite them in.